RTD Live Talk, we're live. Getting started a little bit late, but yet I came across a great article that I wanted to share uh, because this number seems relatively high, but I believe it's probably go, going to go a lot higher. Uh, definitely within the next five years, for sure, within the next decade. And then I'll share my thoughts with it uh, on this article or whatnot, and we go from there. But yeah, I want to get your thoughts as to some possible reasons why, uh, as you can tell from the title, 52 people, 52% of those surveyed have already tapped into their retirement savings for a variety of reasons. And so we'll pick up from there. But anyway, so it won't be on long tonight. Just wanted to check in. And get your thoughts on this subject matter. And as always, for those that are watching, any new viewers, feel free to let me know where you're watching from uh, in the chat over here. Or there's a number, 313-462-0027. Give me a call. We'd we'll love to get your thoughts on the whole matter. And so we got Spirit King. We got Bitcoin Ben. How you doing, my friend? We got Paul. 52%. What the? Yep. And we got Ethan. We got Kenneth. We got Student of Life. Jen. We got MSD. Down payment on home. That's a part of it. And so... Um, I, I think that that number, when I saw that number, you know, I had to double take like, okay, is that for real? Then I read through it and I uh, got a better understanding of what people, uh, I guess felt was a priority, uh, amongst taking the early, early hit and fees and things like that. But you know, it, it's happening. And as I mentioned, I think a lot of people, a lot more people will be doing it a lot sooner, not because they want to, but because of market conditions, the global slowdown and everything else. But it's uh it's going to go down. But that being the case, how's everybody doing this evening? As always, if you have anything else want to talk about, feel free to let me know in the chat. Because it looks like because of the U.S. and China coming to a ideal time frame to sit down and talk about the trade situation, that news alone boosted stocks and bonds dropped and metals dropped. And so it looks like we may be avoiding a recession for a week or two. Uh, but once again, we'll see what what type of talks come out of that whole trade war situation. Because no matter what, uh, and there's, no one's going to win. So ultimately, it's going to come back to hurt us. But um, And so we got Bible study says, IRS took my 401k. Really? That's not good. Nice to see you. We got recently found your channel. Thank you for producing great content and covering important topics. Ethan G., I appreciate that, my friend. The goal is, uh, the name of the show, A Voice for the People. So... I believe everyone that's watching has a unique perspective and an angle. My goal is to just basically give you an opportunity to share that and to go back and forth because we all can learn from each other. It says, Mike, you got to remember that half the country makes 15 an hour or less at their jobs. Jeff, very good point. And so I'm going to get into the article right away, give it more time for people to come in. But um, one of the another issue that we always hear from the mainstream news is that Generation uh, X or Z, just generation Z, whichever one of the youngest generation, the, the current work, current college graduate generation, I think that's Z, uh, they're not saving enough. And millennials aren't saving enough, apparently. So, of course, you know, the, the, the whole goal of this paradigm of retirement is to keep your money in the system. And so if people aren't putting enough in, it's going to make it hard for the older generation to really draw withdraw out and there still, you know, be some type of a market. But, you know, it looks like with Apple... <laughs> looking to, to issue bonds for $7 billion to buy back their own uh, shares, there's going to be a lot of corporate buybacks to keep stock prices high. So I don't think we'll have a problem with that. But with that being the case, uh, let's get into this article. And I'll also include the link so people can uh, actually dive into it more for themselves. But it's out of uh, the CNBC Make It. 
And it says 52% of Americans have rated their retirement savings early. Here is why. That's a mistake. So the person who wrote this tries to paint a picture as to why, you know, you really shouldn't do that. But depending on what side of the um, uh, uh, opinion, rather, uh, if you are the mindset that things are crumbling, you might want to get out early by choice, then, you know, some people probably will be very appreciative that they're withdrawing, especially if they run a risk of losing it. And then some might uh, feel like they're going to miss out on the potential gains, but yet, one thing they mentioned here, she threw out a, a, a misquote, I believe, of saying that if you stay in the mar- market, compound interest will give you 8% a year. Uh, yeah, if she hasn't checked, most hedge funds and, and private pension funds have adjusted that to like 6 or 7%, so they're a little behind there. But I'll get into it, stop beating the bush. But it says uh, more than half of, of Americans have tapped their retirement savings according to a recent survey by Magnify Money. It says, and 23 did so in order to pay off debt. It says, survey respondents also dipped into their savings to cover a down payment on a home. And so that's another thing. Uh, just today, uh, we have two mortgage-related topics that I could cover, but I won't go there. But uh, refinancing for the last couple of weeks is low, as well as interest rates continue to drop. So you got low interest rates, abundance of housing, but people, for some reason, either they're waiting for the rates to go a little bit lower to begin, you know, taking out a mortgage or refinancing or whatnot. But you got all-time cheap rates for uh, uh, housing, but yet for some reason, you know, applica- applicants aren't really uh, as plentiful. So whatever that means. And so it says uh, paying for college, 11% and 9% for medical expenses. So this is actual visual aid of the 1,000 people surveyed that ha- actually have a retirement account. And so between 17, 11, 23, 9, and 3, 48% have not touched their retirement as of now. But yet, as I started off by saying, I think that uh, by a, a matter of unfortunate circumstances, this 48% will definitely, hopefully not, but will eventually tap into it just because if there is a market slowdown correction, all the things that people are invested in, whether it be equities or bonds or whatever else concoction they kind of put together as a financial vehicle, when this next market hiccup takes place, you know, you, you stand to lose it or a good portion of that anyway. And I've had guests on the show that talks about 50%, 40%, and there's no telling how much can just be taken off or transferred to somebody else's possession. So with that being the case, I'll get into a little bit more here and then get your thoughts. And as well, feel free to call in. It says millennials, uh, 22 to 37 in particular, are more than likely that Generation X ages 38 to 53, and baby boomers to pull from their savings early, said the survey. 59% of well-off millennials say they would take money for their retirements in order to fund their college kid or for their kids' college so they can avoid student loan debt. So that's the subject in and of itself. So we got uh, 59% of millennials that are well-off, assuming that's, you know, six figures and above, give or take, they say they will be willing to go into their savings to fund their kids' college. Now, the whole idea of college now has changed and it's changing because think about the, the it's more of a risk these days to A, tap into your own funds to then put it into something that definitely doesn't have much of a payoff guarantee as it used to do used to have 20 years ago or, or, or more because think about this. Heading into this next decade, we're going to have a readjustment of 
our monetary system, I believe. Therefore, the, the, the workforce and the employment concept is going to change. So we're going to have a lot of students with certified to do things that may not necessarily be in demand. So think about, you know, not only are people going into their retirements to pay for college, but then when the kids graduate, unless they're in a unique field that's in demand and that has adds value uh, in the midst of a depression, recession, or whatever it might be, it's going to be a lot of under, unemployed, highly educated individuals minus the debt. But then you got mommy and daddy tapped out and the kid might be an unemployed all because of the shift that's occurring right now. But you won't hear about any of the monetary policy side effects in this article here. So that's very, uh, that could be problematic. But once again, honestly, as a parent, you want to put your, your child in the best position. But, you know, I, I think the rethinking the college model has, has been in play for quite some time now. And then give you some more information here. Scroll down, it says, here are three major reasons to forego pulling money from your retirement ahead of schedule. So here they're trying to encourage you to make sure you keep your funds in there because there'll be no system uh, if people don't keep their funds in there. It says one, borrowing early could result in penalties and fees. Very true, no doubt. And it says, you know, turning 59 can result in a 10% penalty. So here's a question for those that are watching. Uh, a lot of you guys are alternative-minded individuals. So you kind of are skeptical of the, the this narrative anyway. And so you got, if you think that you're going to actually be able to continue to park funds in equities, bonds, or whatever they package together to sell you as a product and for it to grow throughout time, if, if you still believe that, then taking it out, the 10% penalty would be very problematic. But if you are the alternative mind where you think looking ahead 10, 15 years from now or less, what you have in there, whatever you know your portfolio looks like now, and then they give you some numbers, say... I got another article that talks about how much. So people say 1.75, whatever number they throw out there. So if you actually think that principle is going to be there in the midst of an economic storm, um, then perhaps pulling early and taking that hit and that penalty might be something that you, you might want to consider. Or a lot of people don't know about the idea of rolling a 401k over or whatever other Roth IRA into something that you can match, actually manage yourself and get into things that might be a little bit more uh, resistant to the uh, economic woes that's underway. And then it, I like this one here. It says, you'll lose out on compound interest. And so I, it's been a while since I've heard the word compound interest because, once again, on the alternative media side, everyone knows that the returns that were promised for compound interest, which, as it says here, 8%, hasn't really been the case because... Once again, bond yields aren't really returning much, being, be, returning much of a promise. They're negative in most parts of Europe. So, and, and eventually, like Alan Greenspan said, they're coming here. Then we have the whole idea of the equities market. You know, there's head funds managers. There's out there people. There's people out there getting those type of gains, but I don't think they're as uh, plentiful as this particular article would have you to believe. So, to give you a little example here. Which, you know, I, is one of the things where, you know, you do it at your own risk. And then number three, it says retirement funds are legally protected. And so it says, uh, however, most employer-sponsored retirement funds such as 401k plans are protected by ERISA. That means that in most situations, it won't be possible for others to gain access to your retirement account. So, you know, three kind of bogus reasons to not really dip into your retirement account. But that's just my opinion. 
But I'm curious to find out, you know, what you guys think about that. Let me check into the chat and see what is actually what some of your thoughts are. It says average 401k is fairly low for retirees, 195,000 average and 62,000 mean. Not much to live on over the course of 20 plus years. So Ethan G, with those type of numbers there, and so there, I, you know, I've talked about retirement portfolios before and the amount of currency needed or whatnot. And one of my big hangups on, you know, trying to find that magic number is that no matter what number you put out there of what is ideal, A, you never know how long you're going to live, and B, by turning your capital over to all these additional funds and managers and whatever, you run the risk of having market conditions, A, or B, fees and everything else eating up the principal to where, you know, you may not actually be able to have something to grow exponentially throughout your lifespan. Nevertheless, the, the currency is denominated in. Like this subject matter here, we're talking about the Federal Reserve note, a.k.a. the dollar. So this article is geared towards Americans, not people in Venezuela or Argentina or Zimbabwe who would have received information similar to this, but their currency went belly up, so it doesn't really apply. And, you know, in 10 years or so, I really believe that the Federal Reserve note will not be the same uh, entity or, or or it won't be the same entity as an institution or the currency itself really won't be uh, all that, uh, man, all that promising. And then also, I want to show another article. Let me pull this article up here because I think this is a very good visual aid that I think a lot of people can appreciate and possibly uh, really begin to understand what's at stake here. And so this is <laughs> this is another great article here from HowMuch.net, and it says visualizing the purchasing power of the dollar over the last century. And so here I'll zoom in. So this is what we're up against ultimately. It's the purchasing power of whatever it is we're able to sock aside if it's put aside in uh, financial instruments denominated in these notes here. And so as you guys can see, I'll, I'll put the link in the chat as well if you guys want to take a look at this. But this is another article slash visual aid that came out, I believe it was today. So I'll put this in the chat for you guys to look at. But once again, this is something you know you might want to share with your friends. But it just gives you a, a, a visual time frame of all somewhat major events that's occurred and the monetary policies, either globally or locally, or fiscal policies that were implemented to kind of get things back to somewhat normal. So, of course, we got the Fed. We got Fed being created. We got Wall Street market crash. And every pink line equals a recession. And then we got the Bretton Woods Agreement in 1944. Then right on down, some recession, recession, recession. We got the oil crisis. Inflation in the 70s, 73, we got second oil crisis. And, of course, during our time frame, inflation was a major issue. Then we had uh, 83. Then we got the dot-com bust. Then we got uh, Lehman Brothers. So we got dot-com and housing crisis. Then it, it lists here Trump tax cuts, which this uh, year or so, I believe, it's it's kind of running. That that policy is that's implemented is running dry now, so we're not going to really see the benefits of that. And then we, we're in the midst of, it says here, the longest U.S. expansion, which has been taking place for 10 years. So we've been kind of dry on, the, on the, that pink line. So in my opinion, that next pink line, when it's put on here, because I believe, you know, according to all the indicators, all the people who've been on the show to talk about the recession, you know, 
signals are already, you know, flashing red. So technically speaking, when we look back in history, we're going to say, okay, the recession started probably end of 2018. But like always, you know, they try to keep the thing going as long as they could. But the next pink bar, in my opinion, let me know what you think. The next pink bar that's going to go up on here when it starts, it's going to be a prolonged pink bar because I think along with, because of the artificial nature of our economy and the fact that during that pink bar, all central banks will be at, probably negative eventually. All central banks will be negative as a response to their own economic conditions. And then by them all going negative, each central bank government will demand more debt, i.e. more of that currency. So the euro, the yen, the dollar, all those central banks will be forced to print more because this governments will need more debt for entitlement programs and all that stuff. So, you know, I can, you know, what I, everything for those that might just be joining in, I mentioned that the retirement concept in of itself, if you have, if you're, if it's solely based upon these, this instrument here, just look at this visual aid here, lets me know that there's no actual number you can set aside because when you have inflation eating away at whatever it is you're, you've put aside, there will be no compounding interest that can compete with real inflation. And so if real inflation, according to the Chapwood Index, which is another good indicator that everyone wants to take a look at wherever city you in more than likely is seven, eight percent right now, nine percent. If you in California along the coast is definitely closer to 10 percent. And if they if you're, you know, financial advisor, whoever, you know, is telling you you can get you seven, eight percent, you are already below the curve right there. You are already in a negative. So, yeah, the number might grow. And when you're in, you know, might, might look on the screen or whatever, your number might grow. But you got to also keep in consideration that along the way, quantitative easing four has already began, which means the monetary base has expanded as well. So basically, at the end of the day, you'll never outsave monetary policy. And so it goes on, get more information there. But once again, I had to show you that visual aid just because it's one of the things where, uh, you know, you might not believe it until you see it, but it's real. But I feel like I'm doing too much rent, so forgive me. All right, let me get to, let me get caught up. Uh, what else we got here? I'm sorry for the rant. It says 100 coins equal one gram of gold. Gold is power. We got the carrot bars, definitely the RTD gold team. So this month, as of 9:15, that definitely will be uh, something more people will want to check out. Uh, let me see what else we got here. I saw a super chat that I passed up. So we got evolution of money. 199 says think trade wars are a smoke screen for inflation. Uh, evolution of money, that is a very good point, a very good possibility. Uh, I, I don't doubt that this trade war narrative of the U.S.-China back and forth with Trump positioning the whole concept of a balanced trading budget, you know, copyright infringement, all those things that he's put out there, they're very, they're, they're true, but it was designed that way by all the prior presidents and political figures because the world needs or the world has been forced to take Federal Reserve notes and then our government has been forced to issue more debt to sustain itself. So we've always had to export notes and treasuries and bonds. And at the exchange for that, goods have always come this way. So I, I do believe the trade narrative uh, and the trade war concept is put in place 
because the system was is, is, was starting to crumble anyway, and we need some type of so-called trigger. And right now, if anything happens, you know, as you can tell, the markets are moving majorly based upon, you know, Trump tweeting saying that we're going to talk to China next week. Markets go up. And then another, you know, news story come out. China says, you know, they have not talked to Trump. Markets go down. So you see all that volatility right there just off of just off off one subject matter based upon trade. And so we ain't talking about the euros in a recession. I mean, the European market is in a recession. We got issues and all the other developments. So, yeah, so I do believe that inflation is a big issue, but it's not necessarily that, you know, inflation by itself is it's showing up because the, the debt, the amount of debt that has been utilized to just sustain this current paradigm of a, of a Federal Reserve debt induced uh, economy is also the problem because we haven't really seen inflation in consumer goods yet. And that's where that's how you can really tell what inflation is a problem. And for some reason, they've been able to avoid that. But as always, as I mentioned last night, they just adjusted their metrics on how they uh, calculate inflation, because if they really wanted to get a get a pulse on what people actually spend on a day to day basis, go back to the pre 80 measurement or, you know, just Google Chapwood Index <laughs> and then they'll be able to see exactly where they miss in the market. But that's once again, they, they have to keep those numbers inflated and uh, inflated uh, extremely low. So we got evolution money from Washington. What else? What else we got in here? It says I don't trust Libra. Yeah, I I wouldn't uh, trust Libra either. I am I am one of fifty two percent went into the metals and crypto. Dewan. Yeah, definitely. You know, metals is basically saying with when I look at metals, it look is basically saying you're getting out of riskier uh, instruments and getting back into money. Because prior to being in a, in a computerized world, you know, gold and silver was redeemable for paper. Then went from paper to, to currency and then currency straight into digits. Therefore, you're going back. If you go back, you, the, the further back you go to what money is, the safer you'll be, in my opinion. And anything outside of metals is speculative and subject to um, a lot of risk. A lot of risk. Risk compound inflation. That's a new word that I could think we're going to start filling. And what else we got? I said I believe the Chinese will play hardball and wait Trump out, hoping damage damage him in the upcoming election. Uh, Clark Kent. I, I don't doubt that. And because once again, the Chinese do things from a long term perspective, and they have their their little was it their twenty year plan, thirty year. So they have a plan according to what they want to accomplish. Now it's a matter of uh, if they can actually get it done. But I think once again, within the next decade, the 2020 to 2030 time frame, all the truth will be revealed and more people will be forced to wake up. So when you hear articles about 52 percent of retirees are tapping into their retirement, it won't be because, you know, of the reasons that is listed here. And so for those that might just be joining us, I went over the article and it says 52% of tapping to retirement funds early. And it, it lists the reasons why a down payment for a home, paying for college for their kids, paying off debt. And then the other one is medical expenses. And so 48% have not touched into it. But I think out of, out of sheer fear alone, a lot of people will try to cash out. And just like what's happening in Argentina right now, just this last week, presidential election there, someone comes, someone looks like, 
the current president looked like he may not win. Therefore, you got a socialist coming in and then the markets freak out. People panic because they know that based upon prior presidents, socialist presidents tend to print, print, print and fade away the currency. So you have everybody rushing to the exits last Thursday and Friday. What happened this past Sunday? They closed the door and they gave you a restriction on how much you can get out the system. So, you know, what makes you think that something like that could happen here? And what, what's, what's a problem is, from what I saw, that the financialization of, of our markets, all the instruments you can invest in, um, totals, man, $20, $30 trillion. So that's $20 trillion, $30 trillion, give or take, in all the financial markets that are packaged up as investment vehicles. Now, imagine if panic sets in and the baby boomers or the younger generation decide that, hey, I noticed that the markets are going down. My principles, you know, is diminishing. Let me get out as well. And everybody start trying to start a rush to the exit. And there's a mass amount of selling. Who's going to buy that stuff? You know, that's going to be a problem. So there, you know, it, it's this, I don't know. It's, it just seems like, you know, like, man, like, you know, if you can see the writing on a wall, it no matter what, it's going to be uncomfortable. But it's like. Yeah, man, just, you know, I just, yeah, I, I, I struggle with it sometimes because I'm thinking like, man, it's so clear. Like, you know, can people see that, you know, you know, there's going to be issues ahead. You know, all comforts are off. All plans are off. All bets are off because once again, it's you against monetary policy. And as we can see, you know, the, the what monetary policy has done to mankind, especially the dollar. This is this is a visual representation of what monetary policy has done. This is the Federal Reserve's primary product. Their product is debt, and it looks like this note here. And since their inception, you we you see how good of a business they've ran to where they've ran their own damn product into the ground, where Jerome Powell's job is threatened. His whole FOMC board is threatened because Trump can easily paint them as being the villains. And, you know, from this, this is evidence right here as to what their policies have done based and, and also with, along with Uncle Sam. But this is a representation of, you know, the policies of the powers that be. Now, if this was a, a if this visual aid graph was a, a was a was a was a stock. And so, like, you know, it started off, you know, a very high, you know, one hundred dollars stock. And now, all of a sudden now you see a hundred year trend in this company's share prices. And all of a sudden now it's at three cents or four cents. Does this look like a good bet? Like, you know, if somebody came at you showing you this particular stock portfolio image and said, yeah, man, it's, oh, it's on sale. They, you know, the shares are three cents a share. And, you know, a hundred years ago it was a hundred, but now it's three. I, I, I really think it's going to go back up. Would you believe them based upon a hundred year trend of thinking that this particular share price will ever appreciate? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to stop clowning. I apologize. Forgive me. Forgive me. <laughs> Let me check back in the chat. Phone lines are not, you know, off the hook tonight. So if people don't call in, it gives me the opportunity to rant. And as you guys know, I can rant with the best of them. It says metals are a good hedge against economic chaos, but I wouldn't put all or too much of your total investment in it. Always diversify. Ethan G. I like that. Uh, I like that approach. Now, once again, this is all our opinion, so please, you know, don't take none of this as financial advice. Uh, it's just, you know, people sharing their opinion. But I've heard a lot about um, the using the word diversify and how the word diversify has been promoted as sound advice. And so I've heard 
you know, a variety of people. I can't remember who offhand. I think it was Robert Kiyosaki, I think. I think it was him who said, you know, people who preach the importance of diversify basically means they're unsure at where the risk might come. So they said it's best to spread it out amongst a variety of things so that if this drops, this won't. So you have a little balance. And he's basically saying anybody who tells you to diversify basically saying that they don't know what could go wrong or what could go up. So spread it out and manage your manage your own risk so that, you know, you might win some, you might lose some. And so he was saying all that to basically say, if you know that all this is coming to a halt because of our the, the debt based system itself, anything that has a smidgen of debt tied to it. Uh, will be uh, will be problematic because for every debt, someone's expecting to get paid. And if there's a default anywhere in between, the American public invested in all that in the middle. So just the derivatives, you know, just the derivative, derivatives, there's one trillion, quadrillion, whatever. We don't know what how that stuff is laid out. We just know that it's been done by the banking system. There's not one quadrillion pieces of paper in existence to even pay some back. So diversifying and things that are caught in the middle of all this chaos could be problematic. That's, you know, that's, I'll leave it at that. You know, I would say Google, Google Robert Kiyosaki, diversify and see if, if it pops up. And then somebody says Warren Buffett, perhaps Warren Buffett. And that's another thing. I think I mentioned it last night. Warren Buffett is sitting on $122 billion in cash. So obviously he'll get the heads up on when to dump that cash and to purchase, you know, a, a city, he, you know, Warren Buffett to preserve his family's generational legacy before he leaves his planet. Warren Buffett is going to purchase a city. I just feel that. I just believe he will because this next 10 year time frame, if things are on fire sale, he can buy a city. And I, you know, I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I was just, I just been thinking about this. So I figured I might as well put it out there. But for some reason, when I thought about the idea of Warren Buffett sitting on $122 billion and thinking about what better way to invest that for your children's children's children other than to buy a city. Because you can buy, I mean, because land is the ultimate reflection of power. The more land you have, the more authority and power you have. And so if you can get land with skyscrapers on top of it, why wouldn't you go after that? So, you know, for some reason, you know, low, low blood, you know, so here's the thing. Low blood pressure says rename Detroit to Buffett Town. Warren Buffett probably won't be able to buy Detroit because Dan Gilbert owns Detroit. He owns downtown. So Dan Gilbert will will buy up the rest of downtown. So downtown Detroit is already purchased. So it's not it's not for sale. And so. What what city just comes to mind? I'm thinking of Chicago. For some reason, I don't know what you know, because because uh, Warren Buffett's in it was in Omaha, Nebraska. That's not too far from Chicago, and it just seems like Warren Buffett can literally just go in in the midst of the greatest and greatest of whatever's coming, and just drop a hundred billion stacks on all the owners and CEOs of all them builders, and just come away a very happy man to where. His great 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 grandkids will be collecting rent for the remainder of that city's existence, type of thing. That's just that's just you know you know probably a little funny talk, but yeah, 
say you can buy a sovereign land in Honduras, an independent nation. Oh yeah, I don't doubt you know that there's gonna be some islands for sale. So when you're sitting on a hundred billion in cash, you know here's one thing I can pretty much guarantee is that Warren Buffett will get a call from the Fed before they decide to begin printing up like crazy and just watch, watch, just listen to the news and listen for Warren Buffett's next action with that cash. Cause it's after the fact, we'll hear something like Warren Buffett just bought, you know, the, the JC Penney building in, in downtown Chicago or, you know, and then at that point, you know, he's getting out of cash heads up stuff is about to hit the fan. Once Warren Buffett's get rid of that one, a hundred plus billion, he knows that he don't want to be holding that stuff either. He wants to get into something tangible. So you, you better believe he's going to be buying something up. Uh, what else we got? Somebody said, don't do that. Buy up all of Puerto Rico. Yeah, man. And unfortunately, you know, this is, and this is sad. I'm on, I'm on, I shared this the other day on, uh, on Twitter, not on Twitter, but on, on the Facebook page. So for those that are involved in social media, I want to remind you guys, I share articles throughout the day on the uh, rethinking the dollar Facebook page, but I shared an article that, uh, man, really, it really, man, it really touched me, man. And a lot of people decided to share that as well. Let me see if I can find it. But it's about Bahamas and how they did the before and after picture of the territory. And, you know, from the picture, it looks like half of Bahamas underwater. And so the recovery is underway. But I'll pull this up. So, you know, this is a little article right here. Let me zoom in. Actually, I'll click on it so you guys can see. But this was, uh, when I saw this, man, I'm thinking like, man, this is just, you know, this is just bad business. This is bad business. And so it says, island of 50,000 people in the Bahamas is 70% underwater. Like, that's just, man, that's just bad, man. That's just, you know, really, really, really bad. That And unfortunately, I would imagine majority of those people don't have any type of protection or insurance or whatever. And whatever insurance people do have, of course, as you can imagine, insurance companies, this is this is a this is a multi-billion dollar event here. A lot of insurance companies are going to prolong things. There's going to be a lot of people stranded down there, and that they won't be getting no t- no real help from other nations because once again, Bahamas is such a small island. It's a tourist tourist place. It's not real profitable for nations to invest in their build up there unless they given given away some things. And I don't think Bahamas will do that. So. Um, yeah, that, that that relief and that recovery there is going to be it's going to be a while. Bahamas may not never be the same after that one. May not be the same. New Lost City of Atlantis, yeah. There's like you guys on there. Yeah. So, anyway, people, I'm about to get it dial back. I just wanted to connect and and share that article with you guys about uh 52% of people have tapped into their retirement. And as I mentioned for those that might be joining us late, I said that my belief is that that 52 percent of people who tap into their retirement that number will go up in the next five years for sure because you know everything that people socked away for retirement is, is set aside for their future but between now and the time we've arrived there there's going to be so many catastrophic monetary and economic events that either a the principal won't be there beyond 10 15 years because of the, the everything that's occurring or this next little hiccup um you know, people will stand to lose a lot of things that uh, they don't actually control themselves. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's unfortunate. But I think after and, and after and through this event, I'm hoping that Generation 
Z and, and millennials, the younger generation will learn from the events that's going to occur because no doubt, you know, the retirement concept will not be the same in the next decade because people will look at the word retirement as if it's a curse word due to all the, the pain that will come from people who uh, thought they had something and found out they didn't. But uh, that's just where things are at, man. It's unfortunate. I don't wish it upon nobody, but it's one of the things where, you know, we're, we're being forewarned. All the signs are in front of us. You know, because we are the land of the free, the land of the great, everybody wants to come here. That's going to prolong things a little bit longer. But just look at all the nations around us. I might one day, I think I'm, I'm probably tomorrow. I might do a video tomorrow and just literally a, a, a country by country, a country by country glance into their economies. And you will see the majority of the populations, uh, not populations, but countries already are in recession. And those countries that are in recession, this type of subject matter, you know, we couldn't put ourselves in their shoes. Like as far as the, the amount of pain and suffering people are experiencing as their markets drop or the currencies have issues. Where do you run in, in those situations there? Because, you know, I, you know, for having been in South America several times, I know firsthand they don't have the amount of outlets that we have as far as every store a mile has a coin shop. Every every store has, you know, uh, uh, ATM so for you to actually go get some cash if you wanted to actually have something to hold. So, yeah, yeah, we we're we're being warned, we're being forewarned, and I just wanted to share this message with you guys. And uh, definitely, don't you know, let me know what your thoughts are. As as always, if you enjoy this back and forth, don't be afraid to donate. Uh, a little thumbs up to the channel. Just hit that button beneath this video, or a thumbs down. Either one, whatever floats your boat. It's okay. I, I appreciate the support. It takes energy to hit either one of those, so I appreciate that. And then as always, for those that are new, there's a lot of free resources beneath this video here. We got the RTD Gold team, and so definitely there's a lot of ways to, um, you know, get your weight up as well as um, be able to help others and receive compensation for it. So the Gold team can help you do that. And what else? Other than that, uh, that's going to be it for tonight. I appreciate everybody tuning in. And uh, more importantly, share this information, get this out there, because once again... Uh, it's important information. I look at it all as a warning sign. And so we do have one call. Or we had a call. I wasn't going to take that call. So give me a call back, and I'll try to get you in. I can hold off for a quick second if someone tries to call in again. I do enjoy the back and forth. It says, dude, Faith tried to call in. All right, so Faith, give me a call back, and I will definitely answer this time. I didn't ignore the last call. But give me a call and we can get you on here. So here's another article since we're on here. I'll give it another second. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hi. Hi there. Mike. Hi there. How are you? Oh, it's Faith. Hey there, Faith. How you doing? I'm um, calling from... Do me a favor. From cut, Stockton, cut. California. Let me turn off my computer. Yep, just just mute it so there's no feed, no no feedback. Yeah. Now I now I can hear you. All right. What's on your mind? Well, I, I just wanted to mention that uh, people really I don't know that people know that you are selling gold at the very low at the carrot bars, so it's very affordable. Yes, it is. And. Uh, you know, I, I, I like the, the it. Coins. It's a good deal because <laughs> I can buy something for ten dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and and the thing is, 
you know, it, it's it, it could be cheaper if you actually were on the RTD Gold team. So I just try to do the survey because a lot of people don't want to go through the headache of having to sign up, whatever. So I understand. Either way, I just try to provide options and, you know, do what you got to do. But, yeah, there are options out there for everybody because everybody can afford to do something if it's of importance to you. So, once again, I don't push it. I just yeah. say it's there if you want it. Well, if you don't have a lot of money, um, it's a good way to go yeah. to get started. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, uh, you, you, yeah, I know. Stockton, Detroit, same place. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but um, you know, uh, I would like to say a prayer. Okay, you want to pray? Go ahead, lead us in prayer. I appreciate that. I never had yes. that done, but feel free to go ahead, lead us. Okay, Lord, we just come before you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for this time you've given us to uh, prepare and to search and look for the things that uh, are uh, important to you and important to us right now, Father God. We just lift up um, the East Coast and the Hurricane area. Lord, we just pray you, you help those people who are um, having problems right now and with food and water and shelter. Um, God, that uh, in the midst of all of this, that they do find you, they look to you, they they come to you, Father God, because you say uh, you are uh, a strong tower and we are to run into you and we are safe. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're our Heavenly Father and that you're our Creator and you made heaven and earth and that you're concerned about everyone on this earth and that you love everyone, Father God, on this earth. And we just pray that your healing power come to all the people that are hurting right now in the world, whether it's monetarily, whether it's emotionally, whether it's with divorce or anything that's going on that's that's a trial or tribulation right now, Father God, um, that they would turn to you the Creator, for their help, Lord, um, and that it's not about the creation, but it's about you, Lord Jesus, and we know that um, we're, we, we are quite possibly looking at your at your soon return. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for this short reprieve, and um, I, I, I repent for everyone here in America for this country in, in the name of Jesus. Hey, amen. And I ask for forgiveness for all of us. Hey, I appreciate amen. that. Amen. I appreciate you for sharing that one and doing that for us. That's my first time having someone call in and pray, so I appreciate that. So um, other than that, thanks for calling. I'm about to dial back for this evening, but I wanted to thank you for that. I appreciate it. Amen. Okay, thank you, Mike. Yep, be good. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty, that is it. We're going to end it right mm-hmm. there. I appreciate that. First time I had somebody call in in prayer and pray for us. But, uh, you know, know, faith is of importance to me. And uh, definitely, as you can tell, a lot of people right now are hurting and suffering. So we need uh, divine intervention from on high. So other than that, everybody else be blessed, be safe. I'll see you guys later. Peace.